Hello and welcome back to the latest episode of the Master of None podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Murphy, and joined by the regular rugby crew of Westy and Sam. Westy is doing his Michael Jordan flu game. If anyone gets that reference, he's severely hungover from a two-day bender at a wedding, but he's <laughs> still showing up to the podcast. So, Westy, thank you very much for doing that. How are you, apart from being hungover? Um, yeah, I'm really good. Um, the wedding was great fun. It's great to be able to do these things again. You know, you can't really take it for granted anymore. Um and yeah, look at it. They got pretty good day for it. The weather was the rain stayed off at least. So uh, yeah, it was a it was a great weekend. A really good time. Not 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 a great morning today, but um yeah. You've you've been uh, cuddling the toilet bowl, have you? <laughs> yeah, well yeah. I mean I, I can't lie. I mean I, it's been rough. It's been touch and go. Bad bag of chips last night and the stomach's been. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the twenty pints of Guinness. <laughs> You're saying it was a great weekend and it's great to be able to do these sort of things. But if you listen back to last week's podcast, you're very much talk about how you never wanted to do these things. That's in the true. First that's very true. Way. Yeah. We're just going to say, Westy, she's not listening to the podcast, so you can admit you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I would not admit that at all. I, I hope she is listening to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, no, my own girlfriend. Congratulations to, to, uh, to Lindsay and Paul as well. Beautiful wedding. You know, I'm delighted and honored to oh. be invited. Big, big Paul and Big Lindsay. Love them. Love them to pieces. Uh, big no, Lindsay? No, no idea. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope you just listen to this now. <laughs> no, not like that. God. Come on. Sam, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Just uh, trying to recover. Had a had a match yesterday. Didn't go well at all. Probably the worst game I've ever played in my life. I half time was thinking of just walking home and just never playing rugby again. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I can't complain. The weather was mental today. It was too sunny when I was on yard duty and work and then when it was time for lunchtime and someone else was on yard duty no one could go outside because it was hailstones so who knows what to think in case you're listening and wondering does sam work in a prison no he doesn't he works as a teacher uh just same with thing. the, the same, yard. Thing. same thing yeah that's very true yeah, uh, as a father of a young child sam i assume you weren't on the beer for two days of this weekend <laughs> no i wish i wish although i did actually i had a lovely time on saturday i played golf with a some of my girlfriend's family in Power Scores, the fanciest place I've ever seen. And one of the nicest golf courses. It was actually, it was wasted on me. Like I'd say, I'd say they looked at my, they looked at my golf Ireland membership number and were like 27. Jeez. I did not know handicaps went that high. This guy, this guy shouldn't be here. What the hell? Like, I think you want the range, sir. <laughs> yeah. The practice facility is over here. Uh, you, you mentioned a, a pretty rough uh, rugby match that you played in the weekend, which is a good segue for covering Connacht's opening game of the URC. Uh, unfortunately, a loss to Cardiff, which, look, you guys have been following Connacht a lot longer than me. Cardiff is not a good place for Connacht fans uh, or Connacht teams in the past. And that tradition, it's great to see traditions holding on because uh, Cardiff came out on top, 33 points, 21. Uh, I thought, Laz, we let's start with the lineup because we didn't really talk about it last week because we didn't know at the time. The team that was named, we'll go through it and we see like Matthew Burke uh, at one and Shane Delhunt at two. Westy, that we wouldn't have predicted that going into that game, right? Uh, yeah, probably not. It probably it, it's not what you would have um, assumed it was going to be. I do think I thought uh, Matthew Burke in particular had a very good game uh, in in the front row. Um, I thought that I thought Delahunt was was quite good. I think we actually kind of suffered a little bit when he went off. Um, it's interesting to see that it is quite a different team than we saw even in the preseason games. Um, so we kind of I don't know maybe squad rotation is kind of has to be key for us because of our injury profiles. But um, yeah, it was a surprising start. But I thought for the most part, I mean, I thought those two lads played very well. 
Yeah, I think Sam. A lot of us have been kind of saying Jordan Duggan. It's this his year to sort of get a lot of playing time and kind of claim that number one jersey while Buckley's out injured. Were you surprised to see him not get the get the nod at one? Uh, I was, but I understood it completely because uh, I saw Burke, especially in a couple of Eagles games last year, and he he does bring a massive dynamism to the front row. Like he's he's a different player to Duggan. Like Duggan and Buckley are both powerful quite kind of you know strong players and Burke isn't like he's he's not weak but he's, he's a bit more dynamic so when I saw it I went oh I was very surprised because I thought it was Duggan's kind of jersey to to hold on to but then it made sense and I did I saw I was impressed with him I thought his scrummaging was good I thought he was quite good uh I was less surprised about Delahunt actually I think uh like I love Heffern and I think he's a brilliant player but I think Delahunt has been knocking on the door he's quietly amassed a hundred odd caps for Connacht he's been knocking on the door for years like the the couple of years uh, previous to this, he's had really good cameos and really good kind of uh, periods of time while Heffernan's been away with international or out injured. And I think he's kind of deserved his shot. And I think other than one horrendous attempted offload behind the back, whatever it was he was trying that actually Andy Friend referenced in an interview after just saying that it was more he was too focused on trying to keep in with a system that he didn't use his head. I think he actually had quite a good game. I think his line-out throwing was very good. And I think he does also bring a bit of dynamism. His, his running off the shoulder was brilliant. So, you know, I was surprised by more so the Burke than the Delahunt. I think it's a toss-up between Delahunt and Heffernan this year until Heffernan regains that form uh, that we've seen. It's probably, it's you know, it's been a year of inconsistent line-outs and he does bring a lot of experience and a really good athletic ability to the hooker position. But I don't think he's a nailed-on starter with Delahunt if Delahunt's playing at his best and Heffernan's not. You said 100-odd caps for Delahunt as of uh, last Friday. 101 caps, Sam. So that was yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, I remember there was a celebration of 100 caps. And I remember, going, I remember going, Jesus, he quietly he quietly knocked up those caps because he's not he's not a regular starter by any stretch of the imagination. But I think with front row players, they get a lot of caps because there's a lot of 60th minute changes. So you come on. If you're a front row, you if you're on the front row on the bench, you're getting a cap. like, And that's kind of the way it's, it's working in modern rugby. So... I think he has over the past few years. I think he's proven himself and I think he's really put down a, a bit of a kind of, I also deserve my shot here. Uh, another Johnny Murphy is a back row. I don't think there's yeah, anyone else. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, he, he cut his hair and changed positions. He had a really big summer, Johnny Murphy, uh, but he didn't feature this weekend. Uh, with Ushin Dowling at, at four, Underland at five, then Prendergast, Oliver and Butler. That's pretty strong uh, when it comes to those positions, those players. You could kind of swap in Paul Boyle if you wanted to. Obviously, when Leva Fafida's back, we're hoping to see him come into that, that position. I'm quite high on Ushin Dowling. I think his potential is incredible. Uh, I think we saw that in spurts of the weekend, but pretty good pack all in all. And then the back line, like when you look at that on paper, it's it's pretty exciting, West, isn't it? Like Marmion and Carthy at 9-10, which you think is definitely your, uh, your strongest, with Blade obviously at 9 is equally as strong. We saw Mac Henson come in at the wing to debut and Porchy on the wing. Two you know, lightning fast guys in the wing who work really hard. Tom Daly and Tom Farrell in the centre. Tom Farrell was back. you know, Again, loads of experience, loads of talent. And then, obviously, a, a big uh, favourite of yours, Westy, Tierno Halloran at 15. Uh, you, you know, when, when, we when, we watched, when we looked at that lineup, you had to be pretty excited about that back line. Yeah, I really was. I thought, um, I, thought I kind of showed... Uh, that we were going for a kind of uh, a very dynamic game plan. We were going to try and keep the ball alive. It's similar to what you said with maybe, you know, Matthew Burke being a sign of that as well. Um, same, you know, like lads like um, uh, like Pendergast and Dowling, like they're really, really good ball carriers as well, really like dynamic movers. So um, I think 
especially on the back and it looked like that was the game plan we were going to go with and, and for a lot of it again that's what we tried to do um, I'm hoping some of the problems that we saw like Porchy unfortunately didn't have a great game going up for balls um, Mac Hansen probably struggled to get as involved as we would have liked him to I still don't really um, I haven't really formed an opinion yet um, I, I don't think there's enough information there to say well, you know, I'm sure he will grow into the jersey or whatever but I don't think there's enough information from that game um, to make a judgement on him yet um, but yeah, great to hear Halloran back. Did you expect a scrum cap? Didn't expect it. Yeah, pretty surprised. Yeah, it's a bold, it's a bold move for a win. It is you know? a, a very bold move for the win because he gets involved in rocks, and you're like, oh, that must be one of the forwards. It's not. It's Mac Hansen. Still, also, even with the scrum cap, still needed to get his head strapped. At yeah, one I've seen that too. Yeah, it must yeah. be some bang leg. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, West, I interrupted you. Um. That's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You forget your friend Todd. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know where I was going with that train anyway. Um, yeah, no, I thought it's, it was great to see Tiernan Halloran back as well. Uh, I thought he, he had a, a decent enough outing in it. I just think um, there's a lot of rust on show. I'm so glad to see Tom Farrell back as well. I'm so excited for him to get a good run of games again. Um, but yeah, as I said, we kept up our traditions of always losing the first game of the season. Was it the last time we won the first game of the season? 2015 or something? Did we win last year? Uh, um, I can't remember. Uh, West the last year big... As a big Tierno Halloran fan, can you guess how many caps he has? I'll give you within five. Oh. Um, little, little pop quiz for you. 150. Sam, do you want to guess? No, it's got to be more than that, right? No, it was recently, it was 150 recently, so I'm going to say it's 159. These are both way off, it's 190. <laughs> <laughs> he's 10 away well, sorry 191 as of oh, Friday no, it was Carthy was 150 recently Carthy's uh, 159 yes you're correct Yeah. You're correct. oh that's exactly who I was thinking of when I said 159 well you get 0 points for that Sam so no one cares uh, sorry that was a little quiz in the middle of the podcast uh, Sam we'll finish up this on the, on the team the bench was quite strong too like obviously you had the likes of Hubert Gilvara who was in more of his injury cover um, but then you know your front row of Dave Heffernan, and Jordan Duggan and Dominic Robertson McCoy very experienced players with Heffernan and Robertson McCoy Jordan Duggan who a lot of us would have seen starting this game you know Niall Murray who's quickly become quite a, a linchpin you know in, in that second row and then you know the likes of Connor Fitz and Sammy Arnold and Paul Boyle as well sorry also on the bench who is now an, an Irish cap player you know, great strength to bring off the bench in, in the, you know, in the last 20, 25 minutes of a game. Yeah, but uh, I actually was thinking about this earlier because I was kind of thinking to myself when we were talking, we'd, we'd do the podcast, I said, like the bench actually had very little in the way of any influence except for that uh, garbage time try at the end where Fitzy made the big break. But uh, I think that that's down to the two yellows. I think that the whole structure was just out the window by that point. I thought the... The Oliver change was strange because I thought Oliver was probably at the time our best player. Uh, and I was big enough at the end of last season saying how integral to the team he was and how I thought he would keep Jared Butler out of the team. Uh, and Butler was probably on for his captaining ability ahead of Paul Boyle. But I just don't. And I said it last week as well. I don't really see Butler as an eight. I don't, I don't think he's kind of... We didn't get much go forward ball. You saw how devastating Halaholo was... Uh, in their back line running against us. And it was, I, we don't, don't have that ball carrier. And I think Paul Boyle is probably the most ball carrying eight we have, uh, or we would have had available. Like Abraham Pavali is obviously a different animal, but uh, I think that that because of the two yellows, we didn't get the opportunity to bring Boyle on proactively. Yeah. He came on for Oliver when we were kind of struggling and then we didn't get a chance to change and refresh the front rows. And 
bring people on proactively. We were kind of reactive in a point when everything was out the window and we were down to 13 against 14 and it wasn't going to work. So I think that the bench was probably planned to be a lot more effective than it ended up being, which is unfortunate because it, like you said, it was a very strong bench and like right across the board, like, you know, injuries dictated the Dowling and Alton Delan partnership there, but I don't, I wouldn't have an issue with Dowling and Alton Delan being a starting partnership in the future. I've, I've been really high on Dowling whenever I've seen him. It's probably not been enough of him. You know, and Murray there, like Murray, he, he, he'd have a, a gripe there because he's also put down a marker for that position. And Thornbury is out injured, which is unfortunate. And, you know, Levfeed is out injured. But that those were kind of the injury dictated positions. Other than that, you know, the Bundy being out was injury dictated. But I think we had a very strong team out. And I think that it was just not trusting the processes was a problem. But I like in terms of your one to 23, I actually don't think that there was much weak point there. And I don't think... I think retrospectively people are giving out about the team and saying that we have this like kind of lack of squad depth. And I think we do on a season wide issue, we have a lack of squad depth. But I think if you look at that one to 23, we don't have a lack of squad depth there when the injuries start to massively, massively pile up. And, you know, those players are like dying because they're played their sixth or seventh game in a row or in Tom, Far- Tom Daly's case, like last season, their 21st game in a row. That's when you say that, oh, the squad depth, they haven't rotated much, but that was a strong 23. And I wouldn't be, disappointed to see that same 23 starting really in any in some other games in the league maybe not Leinster or Ulster or Bulls or Munster but you know if you're talking you're talking to Dragons or uh Nosbreeze or Edinburgh Glasgow I wouldn't have an issue with that 23 at all in in that exact position so yeah I think that without the yellow cards and a little bit more sticking to the system there was probably a game plan there where we'd introduce a bit of firepower through some of those players off the bench and we didn't get the opportunity yeah, sorry, apologies to Niall Murray. I always say Murray, so apologies for that. Yeah, I, I still, because he said, he said when we were talking to him, because uh, I said, is it Murray or Murray? And he said, it's Murray, that's a, it's a Natalone thing. And I've asked people in Natalone and none of them seem to think that it's Natalone thing. So it must be a his family in Natalone <laughs> So thing. you think he's lying? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, think he's, I, I think he's just, you know, making himself a bit more like, just, just standing out from the rest of the crowd, you know, Murray. Being being six foot seven and one hundred and ten kilos isn't enough to stand out from the crowd. Uh, we'll talk. We'll get stuck into the game. Unfortunately, uh, Westy, you know, Reese Priestling was off after minute one. Obviously, never nice to see an injury of anyone. But like uh, for Connacht, you know, chances definitely helped. Uh, you know, we win a scrum penalty early on, which we we did. We scrummed well. You know, Carthy's kicking well. We'll talk. Let's chat about the defense because. From what I saw, I watched it back as well. The defence up the middle seemed very solid. We were meeting them well. Big hits were being put in by Dowling and the likes of the land. Or, you know, they, they weren't making much ground when, it, when they were trying to go up the middle. But when they went out wide, they always seemed to have an overlap. Where do you think that comes from? Is it the fact that they're trying to be so physical up the middle that they're putting too many bodies in there? Or what, what do you think it is? Yeah, it probably is. I mean, I think kind of are, are a strong team. As you say, they've got really strong runners. Um, so I guess, and especially when you're that close to your line, that the, the kind of trap to fall into, the trap that is purposely set, is those quick pick and goes. That's to pull players in. Like teams used to do this a lot more and, and go wide. Like for that first try, first off, like it's a phenomenal pass out wide. Like it is, it is a great pass. But it's somebody who, that wing has to call in and say, like, come out, come out, come out, or to push around. You know, there are players coming around, but we're not quick enough. And what, what's happening in our defensive line is instead of shifting down, players are trying to run to the end of the line. You know, once your pillars or whatever you want to call it, once your first two or three or, or maybe two on each side are set, 
you should be pushing players down. You shouldn't be running to the other side. And I think that is exactly what Cardiff saw we were doing. Um, and they saw that overlap and went for it. Like, I just think it's it's communication within the team, I think, is part of it. Um, and it's it's structural organization. It's something that um, I'm kind of really surprised to see happening to us at this level, you know. Yeah, so we, we, we were chatting about this in the WhatsApp group. Well, it was me and Sam because Wes never checks his phone. So it was me. I opened that bloody group and there was 50-something messages. I said, I'm not fucking reading this. Well, first of all, it's 50, it's not like, you know, uh, it's not, it's not, it would take you literally two minutes to read all those messages, okay? You're not that busy, Westy, okay? But this is, that's for a different conversation anyway. Me and Sam were going back and forth because I was very frustrated, obviously, that it's, it seems to be, uh, and it's the same sort of issues that happen again. It's the sloppiness. And, you know, at the same time, I know two tries came with two yellow cards, but at the same time, it's five tries conceded. You know, pre-season was a, was a try-frenzy when it comes to them as well. It's a lot of points being shipped. And, but uh, Sam's making the point, Sam, if you want to talk about it, it is a new system and it's going to take some time. So like, do we want to talk about that, Wesley? Do you think that's a fair thing to say? Or do you expect better from, like, at the end of the day, these are professional rugby players? Um, I expect better. I think, um, yeah, I think I, I, I think I expect better, but at the same time, Okay, you can give a little bit of purchase to the fact that it's the first game of the season. Players are a bit rusty. Some new players in, some little bit of a lack of experience maybe in in one or two positions. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, you're told from day one, heads up rugby. You know, it's it's um, you can't fully excuse it and be like, oh, it's okay, it's only the first game of the season. Like we we need to be winning these games now. We're in the toughest pool. We're gonna. We're going to struggle to beat the other teams in our pool. We really have to be taking these opportunities that they get us. And it's not even, it's not even a case of oh, we conceded the two tries when we had two yellow cards. You have to go back five minutes. We had were very smartly capitalising on Cardiff's errors, and then a lineout goes wrong, and we crumbled. Like the entire team fell apart. We got, as you say, you know, they kick down the pitch. They get the fifty twenty two or whatever. Um, we get two lads sent off, and then they're they're walking in tries for the last ten minutes. So. I think, I, I think, I think it's a kind of a, is, is it that lack of concentration that that just seems to break us? Like when, when teams have a purple patch against us, it's fantastic. Do you know, we it's really very purple, to, really yeah, purple. We we really seem to to go, oh shit, this is their purple, and kind of kind of sink back a little bit. Um, you know, they, as well, like they lost two tens. They didn't have a ten on the pitch, like for fifty minutes, yeah, sixty minutes. So we really should have been capitalizing on their errors from the get-go, which we weren't. And one thing I think Cardiff are really good at is anytime we gave them an inch, they took a mile. Like they are really good at capitalizing when we've made a mistake, whereas we are probably just not, I think we said it before about our, our forwards, maybe just not been rootless enough. And I think again, that really, really, like it did, like because by losing that one line out, everything falls apart after that. Which so was- I want to let Sam in here as well, because Sam is definitely one of the most, positive people i know when it, especially when it comes to connacht so he was the fe- so i'm glad wesley you said that because that's sort of my thoughts so sam as a very positive connacht fan do you want to re- rebuttal and uh, no i'm not going to refute what wesley said there's a lot like there, there's a lot of merit in everything that he said uh the the before i start onto what i was talking to you about i just want to like commend cardiff because Thomas Williams and it was Thomas Williams. Uh, I don't know how it's pronounced. It's T O M O S. But uh, Thomas Williams and uh, Halaholo actually 
played the perfect game for a team that was la- like lost its two tens. Uh, they they made sure that nothing, no advantage could have been taken of that ten channel being a little bit weaker because they both played out of their skin. They're both un- unbelievable players. Thomas Williams injuries aside last season probably was going on the Lions and I think that they both had phenomenal games uh, and that really stopped us being able to capitalize on the 10 which I think after the two injuries was probably in everyone's mind was like let's get Tom Daly running at that 10 let's get Jared Butler running at the 10 and it just couldn't happen because they just sucked in every bit of concentration of all of them and having Halaholo and Ray Lilo like that's that's an enviable center partnership for anyone in Europe so they, they they played a really really smart game having lost two tens I think they're an extremely well drilled team and they all just know the system really really well and that was great but what what I was talking about I'm not refuting anything on what Westy said like there, there was individual mistakes which were really poor like that the hand the line out not going to hand was just criminal especially when you're up 14 and then that that does probably lead to the two yellows one of which I, I don't agree with but I can't, I'm not going to blame that but uh you know, just be smart with that. Just go up at two. Just take it and just take it down. Like the lineup have been functioning very well until that point. I think, you know, Heffern, come on, there'd been one or two missed other than that. But I thought the lineup was quite strong, especially compared to the week before in the preseason. Uh, and I just think that, that that's a silly mistake. The try out wide, yeah, the, the defensive line was not out there and that wasn't good enough. But I think that that's just, that's just a lack of concentration sort of thing. It's, 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 not, it's not anything you can excuse. But I don't think that that was a... a slight on the system i think the system was more visible everywhere else so if you're defending on your gain line you're or on your on your try line you're defending on your try line it's very all over the place and everyone's rushing around and you're probably worried that rail or that halaholo or one of the forwards is going to bosh it over but they they did a smart thing and put it out wide and you know if someone did bosh it over easily we talk about how weak connect are again and how we can't defend a, a big pack and so it's it's a kind of catch-22 in that that regard i'm not excusing it it was a poor defensive line but I think the one or two overlaps you talk about in against the rest of the system, I thought the defensive system was unbelievable until we went down to 13. I thought we we stayed in a game that like they had 70-something possession and we were still ahead until two minutes to half time. And I thought it was brilliant. I was really impressed. But those overlaps are going to happen. You look at like South Africa, who have been the stingiest defense in world rugby for years. And since the 50-22 came in, they've shipped tries a couple of times. And that's just going to happen with that new law. That's the whole point in the law. So... I'm not too worried about those happening because I think that that's going to happen more. And that's the whole point in the law was for that to happen more and for more exciting rugby to happen. I thought the defense was strong, but like you said, and like I agree with, there were some, some errors which were inexcusable. There was a quick line out to Marmion and a bad clearance kick, which I just didn't see the point in. I think that they just shot their cacks because they line out before that hadn't gone well. So you know, those are things that Andy Friend addressed in an interview after the fact that I was listening to on the Craggy Rugby podcast. And he kind of talked about the system is there and they believe the system can win it. But the players need to buy in and trust that system. And where it started to go wrong was when they didn't. And where it was going right was up until around about halftime. And then for 10 minutes after halftime, where they were trusting the system, doing like was was told. And, you know, in the first half, two of the errors that I was watching it with my dad and two of the errors that he was like, oh, typical Connacht. I was going, what are you talking about, typical Connacht? It was Connor Oliver and Delahunt both with knock-ons, but they both ran absolutely stunning lines at such pace. And it was just like a, a quick offload on the shoulder that they would have been away from. And it was just, it was just ball couldn't go to hand. And that's not an error. That's not a lack of contrast. That's just a small handling error. That's something that happens. You saw when Oliver did it again, having knocked it on at one point, he got through from Armin's try. So I think that the system is there. It's early days. It's a new coaching ticket. Obviously, mistakes need to be 
addressed and concentration levels need to be higher and you know small things like not just going up at two and mauling it over on their five like that 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 is criminal but on the whole i think that there was positives in there they scored their three tries or whatever it was in the first 20 minutes we'd been far behind and the rest of the game played out like the rest of the game i think we'd be able to take positives out of it but i think that the manner in which the game ended made us all really downbeat about the whole thing but i think if you watch the first half back like i've done and there's, there's a lot of good there, especially defensively, because we didn't have much of the ball, but we were still ahead. And then there was a questionable decision just on half time. Heads went and a try was scored. And that's that's what you're talking about. And heads can't go if a decision goes against you. You need to just regroup. And and I think that, that that try was entirely because they weren't concentrating on the defending. They were concentrating on the being, you know, shafted by a decision. And that that's not good enough. So you you need to kind of sort those things out. But on the whole, I don't think... I don't think it's as bad as the scoreline would reflect. I don't think it's as bad as some people on Twitter would lead you to believe. Yeah, no, what annoys me a lot of times is decision-making and then I also just, you know, being not being clinical. Like, the two annoying things that we, we saw as fans was both times when we had the ball in our hands and had the upper hand and they immediately turned into Cardiff positives. Like, you know, the, the line out on the five-meter line, Cardiff just got a yellow card you know again as you said Sam not just being clinical enough just to get the ball put it down and you know you're you're more than likely going to get at least three points if not a try you know the, the, the mad one to me is you already mentioned it but in the second half you know uh, Cardiff kick it out we take a quick line out for no reason whatsoever Marmion doesn't want it Marmion's sitting kind of near mid midway gets the ball realizes he's no other options bar to kick it kicks you know a pretty average ball which is not really his fault it's all he had to do and um, it, uh, literally uh, 10 seconds later, Mac Hansen's getting yellow carded. Like, it's yeah. just, we're just killing ourselves. And it doesn't seem to be what, no matter what coaching ticket is in, because this was happening last year too. It's our own mistakes that are killing us. Well, let's get into the yellow cards. Let's talk about Carties, first of all. Before that, um, I just want to say that what Card have had that we didn't, and like, I saw the, the back line last week and said, oh my God, what a back line, you know, and Daly and Farrell are two, two of the best centres you'd want and that that's unbelievable but what we didn't have in the forwards i think paul boyle probably would have brought it more probably would have brought it more was go forward ball gain line ball something to get over and if we didn't have that in the the back in the the back row i think it probably was a game more for arnold than either of daly or Farrell because we just didn't have anyone that could explode across the gain line the way halaholo could or the way uh, their forwards could and if you're not going to have a ball carrying eight or a level of feet or someone like that I think that Arnold probably would have been a bit more destructive in the centre there and it would have just gotten us a bit more go forward because one thing we didn't do, which we're usually quite good at, is keep ball for prolonged periods of time at all. We just couldn't get the game. Like we couldn't get any momentum or advantage and that was just not allowing us to have the ball. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to the yellow cards because they really did finish off the game. Westy, Carty's yellow card. I've watched it back a few times and I still don't really... I can see why it's given. What did you think? Because he obviously, judging by Carter's reaction, he didn't expect it coming. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was harsh. Um, having said that, like you can see what the ref said. He kind of dives in off his feet with his shoulder. Like it, it's a dangerous, it's dangerous play from Carty. Um, but yeah, it's very harsh because I mean, I, I think maybe it comes down from we had been warned about our conduct around the breakdown already. Uh, I think we were warned very early in the first half. So maybe 
um, maybe that went against us. Although I think you know we, we did kind of we were a lot cleaner after we were warned. I think we gave away a lot, we gave away five or six penalties in the first twenty minutes. I think around the breakdown, it was definitely a, a shocking number. Um, so yeah, may, maybe we were still kind of in the bad books around the breakdown for that. Having said that, like it, it probably is a yellow card. Like he he goes in with his shoulder, and he doesn't you know the inside shoulder is dropped. He's not really attempting to wrap or bind with his other um, his other side. So. Yeah, I mean, I I can't argue that it, it it was wrong, but I do think it was kind of harsh. And again, like Carty didn't realize he did anything wrong, which was uh, the other one. Now that the Hansen one is 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 slightly more cynical. Um, sorry, it's a lot more cynical. It's a lot. I was gonna say we were saying beforehand. At least try and be a little subtle with it, Mac. You know, don't don't be so obvious with it. And again, it's it's one of those ones again where like I know it's 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 impossible for him to tell, but it's a crap kick through. It goes nearly out in the full. Nearly, do you know what I mean? I know there's no way of him knowing this, but again, it's like smarter decisions if they're made, they will make such a difference for Connacht, and they just weren't made. But uh, Sam, do you have anything to chat about when it comes to Carter's yellow? Yeah, I I think it was harsh. I think it was a penalty for poor. F- technique uh i don't think there was any contact i don't think it put anyone in danger i think actually half the reason it's poor technique is he looks like he trips and falls over when he's trying to go in aggressively because he's he's probably you know knows he's a back and needs to probably go in a bit more aggressively so i just say, Jack I think Carty, not known for his clean out techniques probably <laughs> no but i uh, actually just going to comment on did you see the stand-up tackle he did on the eight uh he smacked, he smacked him once hit him and then drove him down it's fucking he's defense was very strong i thought uh but i just thought that was a silly decision by him uh bad technique probably unlucky that he does look like he falls over himself as well uh but i think it was a, a harsh yellow uh it was i don't think it was the the losing of the game for us i think the bad decisions were the losing of the game but uh, i just thought it was a bit harsh you know uh, the mac Hansen one it's probably overzealous first game wants to kind of lay down a marker wants to do something smart you know get get commended for it and it just backfired and i thought like uh, i i thought westy was saying that he didn't you know he didn't see much from mac to form an opinion but i actually was going to say that until that happened i thought first half he was quiet and second half i was going to comment on how much he grew into the game and how impressed with some of his running and some of his defense i was and then that happened and i was like can't comment on his defense now <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I don't know. It just it just wasn't the smartest thing to do at the time. But look, it's first game. We'll uh, we'll let him away for it. Uh, it's just good to see traditions are standing from next last year as well. When uh, when the opposition get a yellow card, Connacht just fall apart, and that's great to see. Do you know what I mean? Why would we change that? You know what I mean? Oh, you've got a yellow. We'll give you two back. It's just that, uh, madness. There was there was a lot made of. Because every time we go to Cardiff, there's always a lot made of the surface. But there was a lot made of like the fact it was a new surface as well. But the ball, like the physics just looked wrong. Like the ball was bouncing all over the place, both ways. Both teams, I found, I think, kind of struggled with it. Portie had one where it was bouncing over and he just about got it down. And there was a few that looked like they were bouncing into people's hands and they just stopped it. I, I know Astros are probably the way forward in in you know the Celtic League because of our weather that we have and Connacht are going to hopefully have an Astro at some point and, you know Rodney Parade looks like a different stadium now but if the ball's not bouncing right it's it's very unnerving and it's very tough to kind of watch it didn't look real at one stage yeah well we'll, we'll move on obviously there's no real time in this league to uh, lick your wounds because this Friday night we're welcoming the Bulls um, who lost their first game which is hopefully a good sign Westy are you positive are uh, hopeful that we can get a result this weekend? Uh, I am, yeah. I think, you know, not counting the preseason, it's first home game for almost two years. Um, 
we're all very excited. I, I mean, Sam, we're going. Um, uh, you know, as, I mean, as fans, there's, there's going to be great anticipation for it. So you hopefully think that will kind of bleed onto the pitch. Um, and yeah, I think, I don't think, again, I don't think it, I think I thought this was interesting when I was watching kind of the um, Munster game, the commentators were almost kind of seem to be making excuses for the South African teams, kind of pointing out that like, I don't know, maybe they'd seen the other two games and been like, oh, just to point out like all of their internationals are away, like they're still playing rugby championship, like they'll get better. Um, so I think, I think, I think we will be better, but I also think Bulls will be a lot better because I think, um, you have to remember, like these, these away games for them are much harder. You know, they're they're now three or four weeks away from home, traveling around a lot, um, and they'll probably be a bit more accustomed to the whole thing now um, when they when they get to when they get to go away. Having said that, as well, go is a tough place to come. They won't like it, um, and we love that. So uh, I think I think we we have to be better. I think we will be better, but I'm worried that they will also be a good bit better. So it should be a really good. Uh, I think it'd be a great. Game. I think it's a it's a good time of the season to get them is the early the first few games. You know what I mean? Well, they don't have their internationals. Yeah, totally. Yes. <laughs> they're 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 only going to get stronger, so it's probably a good time to get the balls. Where are we playing uh, sharks? Because I looked at that another way quickly too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. If the Sam and Wesley will be at the game, so if you see them, say hello, get a photo, go up and just rub your hands through Wesley's hair. He'll love it. No problem with it at all. <laughs> I won't be there. I'm on the beer. Uh, unfortunately, uh, friends are over from England, but I will be in town afterwards. So um, I'll be. Oh, Wesley, this is a great weekend. You can bring out your South African accent. Oh, yes, power. <laughs> no one will be offended at all. <laughs> uh, Sam, again, looking to the Bulls. What do you want to see change? Is there anything, or, you know, team wise or tactic wise, going into this weekend? Uh, I. I'd like to see if he is fit now, Levifida in uh, just for that bulk. I know, like, I don't have an issue with anything that Dowling did. I think he's a great player, but I just think that we just lack that little little bit of size. And I believe Papali is back uh, unsuspended now. So having him on the bench, at least for just that bit of size to bring into it. Backline wise, I wouldn't change it. You know, maybe bring in Sammy Arnold just for that little bit of oomph. Uh, but I wouldn't change it too much. I thought Tiernan O'Halloran was very quiet the last day, but I don't think I did anything wrong as well as he just w- didn't get the opportunity. Uh, you know, but I still probably believe that if we have our strongest team out, it includes Porch at 15 and not Tiernan at the moment. So until he can change my opinion of that, uh, I would I would probably have Porch at 15. But no, I wouldn't change too much of it. I don't think I don't I think the team performance was let down by a lot of silly errors but I don't think there was any bad performances from players like if you go through them like the front row I don't think any of them did badly I thought Finley was very having a good game until he looked he looked like he took a knock I hope that's nothing uh but yeah no a little bit more bulk maybe uh, and a little bit just more cop on uh at points like you know we were shafted twice or three times last year by taking quick throws that didn't need to be quick throws and then we did it again yesterday and or at the weekend and it happened, it, it killed us again. So just a little bit of cop on, a little bit of smarts. I do think the home crowd will lift um, the players a good bit. They always talk about it. So, you know, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be making as much noise as I can. Uh, and I'm just, I hope to see a lot of the good stuff we saw last week and less of the bad stuff. Yeah, 100%. We'll, we'll briefly touch on the other provinces. Uh, we'll start with Ulster. Uh, a great win against Glasgow, 35-29. By all accounts, not exactly the most convincing win, but... 
again, it's a sign of a good team when, when you're not playing maybe at your best, uh, you know, etching out the wins against a good Glasgow team. Uh, I know Cooney went off injured and apparently is getting an MRI tomorrow, I saw on Twitter. So hopefully not nothing long term. But then they have Doak coming off the bench, who uh, they're obviously they're very high on. Um, Sam Ulster this year, obviously massive addition of Dwayne Vermeulen, but he won't be there probably realistically until probably Christmas time. They're saying. I know it's after November internationals, and then with with COVID clearance and all that, it could it could be a while. Um, do you expect a good season from them? I do, yeah, because I think that they had a really really good season last year, and they got shafted by the they got shafted by the lack of a semi final. I think the season looked poor because of that, but I think that they were, in my opinion during the regular season better than Munster they were the second best Irish province they just happened to be in the same group as the best Irish province uh, and I think that they've they've added smartly they didn't add a huge amount of players but they added smartly I think McCarney's a really good addition I think Dwayne uh, Vermeulen coming into the tail end of the season will bring a lot of experience leadership a lot of winning uh, mentality so you know I think that the the fact that they can get past Glasgow and not look like they were firing on all cylinders was a great thing and then you know, they'll, they'll take a lot of positives out of that. It wasn't the best game of rugby, it wasn't the worst game of rugby, but I, I think they won't be overly chuffed with their display, but yet still managed to come out of it uh, with the win, with a big win, you know, big score. So I think fair play to them for doing that, but uh, there's a lot more to come from them. Yeah, I know, and they're, all the fans are loving, is it Bradley Martin? No? The uh, mullet hooker. I, I always forget oh, him. Yeah. Bradley, what's his name? I can't even know. Uh, Robert. Yeah, that guy, sorry. Uh, apparently he had a great game as well. By all accounts, he is loads of potential, just a bit of an unfinished product yet. But again, he's only kind of making a name for himself. But it looks like they have someone to push Rob Herring when it comes to starting, no more than Della Hunt with Heffernan. So that can only be you know good for Ulster as well. So let's hope they have a good... It's amazing how one... One big signing can change the entire outlook of a province, and that is the case with Ulster. Uh, move on then to uh, Munster, who uh, had a, a pretty uh, uh, comprehensive win against the Celsi. I can never pronounce this without uh, doing it wrong. Celsi Sharks uh, coming at forty two point seventeen. We saw Zebo returning, get on the score sheet. Westy, pretty much what you expected from the Mun- from Munster in the weekend? Um, no, it was very nice. Expected. I thought they were very very clinical. They were very good. I- I love seeing Zebo back. I'm I'm a big fan of Zebo. Uh, I just think he's a really uh, really exciting player. Um, and yeah, I thought I thought they really put down a marker. They really kind of showed their intent for the season, which is I mean, if you were a Munster fan, you'd be delighted because they were um, in every aspect of the game. They were the far far better team. Like they, I don't think Celtic Sharks really got into it, you know. Um, and that's all down to the way Munster played and the kind of tempo and the aggression that they played with. I think um, I think they will be, you know. Kind of contrary to what Sam was saying about Ulster, I think Munster will be absolutely delighted. They'll have the win but in their sails now for the next game, um, and they'll they'll feel like you know they'll be looking to Leinster. I mean that they'll feel that they're you know this is their year. I think. I think it has to be. It has to be the year for especially the likes of Johan van Graan. I think this has to be a year of results and I've I've been hearing as well that even it might not be enough I think he could be on the way out but we didn't like obviously nothing confirmed yet but do you think do you think it's within Munster this year Westy to actually go and win a trophy um yeah it probably is yeah again right you have to you have to quantify a trophy because there's a trophy for the winner of each conference so if you top if you beat the other Irish provinces you get a trophy um so I think I think it is in them to to to, to perform this year I think they've built well over the last few years Likes of Coombs, likes of Casey. I know everyone says it, but they really are coming through as as leaders in that squad now. 
Um, they've had a lot of years of hurt. Um, and even, you know, there, like there were times last year where they, you know, where they showed real class. I mean, like on their day, I think they can beat Leinster. It's just a bit of a, you know, it's that big thing now, isn't it? It's always like, it's like Mayo winning all Ireland finals. It's just not going to happen. Um, although oh, it's going to happen next year. Curse Cur- yeah. is over yeah. now, so it's happening next yeah. year. Did the last guy die? Yeah, he passed away on Sunday morning. Oh, no Happy way. Rest in peace. Three weeks too late, though. So... <laughs> Yeah, you're not the first person to say that. Um, that's awful. So next year, next yeah. year they're going to win the All Ireland. Wow! Congrats, Westy. I know you're a massive GA fan. Yeah, I am. Yeah, but, but my, my my point is that he get like, like beating Leinster is this big, you know, this big, you know, they're what are they five in a row now, champions. Um, but yeah, I think Munster will be confident after a performance like that with R. G. Simon back, and they've they landed to come back as well. So I think I think it's within them to get silverware this year, whether they will or not. I don't know. Yeah, Orgy Simon is practically a new signing. Like, was seven yeah. minutes last this, year? Like, it's. <laughs> I was. Uh, I, I can't. Was it? I don't know. Was it the commentary before? Was it Arthur? Before? It was like, oh, the welcome return of Orgy Simon to Thoman Park. It was like, uh, <laughs> I don't think he ever was, played there. Like, it was. Or he wouldn't <laughs> yeah. know how to get there from his yeah. house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, he came off the pitch and went to the coach. He's like, I lasted more than seven minutes, so that's you know he's happy. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Leinster, Sam. They a pretty comprehensive win over the Bulls, thirty-one-three. I think we expected a bit tighter game, or did you not? With the, with the lacking of the South African internationals, I don't know. I think I think the South Africans were always going to be slower to start. It's a new league. It's a new. Uh, it's new league. It's new traveling. It's it's a lack of their international players. I think they were always going to be sl- slow to start. I think Bulls and Leinster was the game that everyone wanted to see before the season started. But then when it was drawn as the first game of the season, I think it kind of it ruined the potential spectacle of it because I think Bulls will grow into the year and will be very, very strong by around Christmas time once all the Tri-Nations and the Autumn Internationals and stuff are over. Or not Tri-Nations, sorry, the Rugby Championship. Uh, Argentina Rugby are not happy about a photo shoot that happened and they were excluded from. I was watching the behind the scenes and I did question several times, where's their, the Argentinian their plane, captain? Their plane was, their plane was delayed uh, and the Australian Rugby Federation or whatever they're called... Uh, have issued a massive apology explaining like the plane was delayed and we still went on with the to take the photos just for that South African New Zealand game and then they happened to take one with Australia it, it looks so bad though but uh yeah once once the once the rugby championship and the autumn internationals are over and the South Africa teams are at full strength I think they'll really grow into the competition uh so I think that that bulls Leinster game was probably too early for Bulls and it's unfortunate because it could be by the end of the year the game to watch you know and it's just it's it was sort of wasted but Leinster looked like that they, they were their ruthless selves again so it's hard to look past them really if they're if they're going to just be the machine that they have been in the past I was hoping that the new uh, laws that penalize being held up were going to slow kind of some of their attack down uh, and then I was hoping that there might be some teething problems with them just picking a loose head, a tight head, and a tight head, a loose head. But no, apparently not. Apparently, their players can just do whatever they want. So uh, it's hard. It's hard to look past them for the overall championship, really, because by the time the South African teams are at full strength and probably fit and firing, it might be too little, too late for them, really, uh, which would be unfortunate. But I think that's how it is. Uh, so I wasn't overly surprised with it. I'm worried about the backlash though, because South Africans from my experience of meeting anyone from South Africa, they're the most proud people I've ever met and they will not have taken being beaten badly well and they're not going to want 
that to happen again, they're going to want to take it out. And unfortunately, that's Friday night in the sports ground. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we get some good, good old fashioned Atlantic uh, wind. <laughs> well, if it's end like today, it'll be peak sports ground yes, weather. Like- the South Africans are all very used to playing at high altitude, but are used to playing at high gale force? I don't know. Yeah, the ball feel like a, a block of cement <laughs> for them boys. Uh, they'll, it'll almost be as infuriating as them hearing Wesley's South African accent, and then they'll be really mad. Then they're going to be really upset. <laughs> Wes is going to have the Bulls jersey on underneath in case it goes bad. And he's just gonna <laughs> How whip- dare you? I would never do that. <laughs> he's going to whip it off and be like, All right, Blue. Hey, Blue. <laughs> yes, yes, Bulls. Scoop, <laughs> I wonder because you know, like you know, during the Lions, you just saw that extra little bit of bite from like Van der Merwe because it's South African on South African. I wonder would we see maybe a potential Shane Bolton as the twenty third man at the weekend because, by all accounts, he's he was ripping it up in preseason. He's the fastest recorded time, and he looks like a unit as well. So if you need a bit of go forward ball and a bit of aggression and a bit of something to prove because he wasn't picked up by a club there, you know, he was when we got him, he was from one of the kind of academy setups as opposed to an actual club. I wonder would they just give him just just let him run loose, you know, put him on the twenty third man and hope hope to see a bit of a introduction. Yeah, when you know when when we're up by twenty one with ten minutes to go, we'll just bring him on. I love it. Love That's it. when Connacht are at their most vulnerable. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is true. Yeah, it's like oh, and Bull's got a yellow card. Oh, panic! <laughs> no, uh, we'll leave it there, boys. As I said, best of luck to Connacht this Friday. As I said, if you see the boys, go over and say hello. And then uh, if you see me in a pub drunk as a skunk that night. Also say hello. Uh, but yeah, boys, appreciate it. We'll be back next week, hopefully to recap a great win for Connacht. And until then, we'll chat you. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye.